Firstly, very much appreciating the current situation and uh, uh, feeling that sense of both the kind of sense of enjoyment but also the um, quality of intention that comes out of that. You know, so it's both something that's there, it's got an agreeable quality to it, but then also it does encourage a particular sense of purpose or focus and also moderates it when things are nothing much is happening then personally the way I approach experience is much more reflective um, subtle feeling out actually what's happening to me as I touch this or eat this or see this or walk up and down it's getting more receptive to experience. This is a really a very <coughs> find this very favourable to just be able to be more receptive and less uh, you know, busy in some ways. Recognising not there's nothing going on of course, plenty going on, but there's the quality of of um, external volition if you like, you know it is able to be a little more subtle in that the volition is mostly just about holding what's happening, being with it, sensing it, exploring it. Mm. It's a kind of much more gentle and uh, intimate way of relating to experience mm. or being part of experience or distilling experience. Ordinary experience of breathing cold, thought, warmth, movement, um, seeing people, um, thinking of something to do, feeling bored, whatever, you know, how is that, how am I with that? Mm. And some of the flurries or reactions of, oh stop that, or more of that, or uh, I can't do that, or I've got to do this, or those kind of flurrying things, Oh, look at that. <laughs> and I just feel into that, what's happening there. Because mm. there can be something in the mind that just wants to fix everything or do something about it, but to just to really explore where the reactivity is and the assumptions about the future, the past, the present, myself, other people, you know, how easy the mind seems to want to create something, you know, out, out of, out through that reactivity to it is the thought or a memory or a perception or an anticipation, you know, like the, even the weather, is it going to get colder or warmer, you know, you never know, do you, in Britain? <laughs> so you can start to think, oh, better prepare myself for the cold or then oh it starts to get warm. Oh that's it, that's the end of winter and it starts to get cold. Yeah. Oh it's gonna be cold and dry and it starts to rain. Oh it's gonna be wet and it dries up. <laughs> and how at any any given moment you can start to anticipate and create a strategy for dealing with that thing. And then the condition changes and there you are, oh 
and it's it's uh, very much you know something that's occurring all the time, of course. When the so we can often find ourselves with these kinds of strategies for dharma practice. You know, I've got to get in there and deal with something. Well, maybe there isn't much to deal with, or calm down, but perhaps there isn't anything to calm down, or, you know what I mean, you start to get kind of um, slogans or, you know, strategies in meditation that are like anticipating where, where it's going to be, or who you think you are, you know, how you, not who you think you are, how one senses oneself, uh, that kind of, kind of vague sense or sense one has of oneself, I'm this kind of person, I've got a lot of this, so I better prepare for that or work with this. And it's getting more immediate, like right now, you know, I'm not a angry person, I'm not a fearful person, now, now it's something else. And so it's actually just much more in the moment, things are changing a lot more, and a more, respond- more receptive one is, one begins to see the kind of mirage-like nature of experience, and yet how evocative it all is. Mm. Whereas when one's a little more proactive, experience seems much more fixed and and stabilised, but also um, overpowering. We feel boxed in with the future, boxed in, you know, carrying the past, boxed in by the future, what it's going to be, you know, teetering in the present or holding on to it. It seems much more solid and yet also um, more uh, trapped in it. And if one can just kind of, you know, find that way of being more immediate with experience, like we come to the place where it starts to be more molten, melted. You know, that we think about the future at, at Chidhurst, the rains, retreat, or whatever. But right now, the sense of oh, is there's the it's that sense of wanting to know. Oh, it feels like this, mm. and the push towards that. What's that about? What is, one, what is was my mind trying to fill up right now? Not to condemn it, but just to really, really want to understand the experience. And before I actually build up the strategies, how real is that future that I'm strategizing for? Just, just to know that, because it's not that there won't be a future. It might not be, but it's very likely there will be one, <laughs> but just to, so we're not kind of just can use that and feeling to where's that coming from? What are, the, what are the currents that carry that that build that up? Or the past, or the present, or oneself, or others, or particular people like monks or nuns or lay people. What are those? What are the currents that carry those images? Mm. Father, mother, you know, the good times, the bad times. It's all very, you know, it's right there, isn't it? And as long as we don't look at it, it seems very solid and we're built around that. And sometimes we feel really comforted by it, but a lot of times we feel quite burdened with it, the weight of all that. Mm. And it's through the release from that that the teaching is about not through the annihilation of it, but the seeing through that. that. So that conventional, relative, apparent experience is, is known as something, as a virtual reality that gets more solid, dependent upon how we handle it, how we hold it. If we hold it very gently, very immediately, it becomes like mist. And then we have this ability to really pattern our present 
in a skillful way rather than for reactions or assumptions or notions of the past or you know what is the so then the way we handle experience becomes absolutely essential because that's what's going to pattern where that experience becomes filled with anxiety or confidence with trust where that experience becomes saturated with ill will of some kind or another because he did that to me yesterday you know or whatever therefore you know well justifiable and various forms of justifiable um, you know when is ill will not justified <laughs> we look at the you know, look at the world situation at the moment. It's kind of, you know, it's ill will generated around uh, Iraq and all that. It's justified, justified. But where's it going to go? You know, <laughs> so there's never, you know, it will always be justified. But just acknowledging, you know, that that input or greed, craving. Sense objects, or even fine experiences, or what they call arupa raga, is craving for very fine, subtle experiences in, in meditation. Mm. So if we didn't have one, something went wrong. You know. Let's look at what the mind sets up through this uh, various forms of craving and uh, aversion mm. and that inability to to live in the immediacy to just be letting go in the immediacy yeah. because of course it, the closer one gets to experience the more we recognise how so much of our sense of solid, personal solidity, selfhood, identity, whatever you like to call it, is all wound up in that. And in fact, we can't separate ourselves from our experience, even though we operate as if we could. Because on a conventional level, we can. We can say, I will go to Australia tomorrow. You know, there's an Australia, there's a me, and I'm going to do it or I cannot do it, therefore I'm separate from the experience of Australia. You know, we can, on a conventional level, we can do that. As we get closer, we can recognise, can you separate yourself from the thought of Australia? Mm. Well, you can, but you, can you separate yourself from the thought, thinking process? This is, we're actually, at some level, we're always, you know, we really look not into the topics, but into the structure of experience, then our whole sense of being something is bound up with what is experienced and how it's experienced. What is experienced is some kind of sense object, thought, sight, sound, you know, memory. Hmm. Can one separate can be one be separate from a, a sound, sight, thought, taste, touch? feeling, you know, some kind. Can there be somebody other than, who's not with that? Mm. So it's really how this, how experience is handled uh, becomes so important because um, if you like, you have the two ends of experience. There's the, the thing that's experienced, and there's the me who's experiencing it. And they're both really um, mutually dependent. They're locked in, in a way. Subject and the object. What can change, and what is the most real force of change, is how experience is handled because that's where me begins to change I've become maybe less demanding or, or obviously less demanding, less impatient, less you know, there's more loving, more spacious or whatever and experience begins to change 
you know, the, the objects begin to change I uh, begin to be able to let go of the ill will I feel to, towards people and they suddenly don't seem so bad anymore or towards the sense of um, discomfort around cold you can begin to work with that oh, it's just that and it changes it's, you can say something's still there and yet the the intensity of that experience is shifts and it becomes just something much more mirage-like and we can practice with this with our, our own bodies, our thoughts, people you know, sensations and so forth how, how we experience, how we handle that experience is the only bit that can, is the bit that can shift everything else around mm. normally of course the me bit tries to get away from an experience or get into it and this is like trying to run away from your shadow because mm. you're still left with essentially the same uh, creative force of, of uh, desire so you may change the face of the experience it's no longer Australia, it's this or that or the other and yet one is still left with this that's the face of it, if you see what I mean. But you're still left with a feeling of, I want, I don't want, I'm dissatisfied. When it's still in the same kind of grip of experience. We can shift things, and we, of course we do this, most of us, all the time. Shifting around the, the furniture in the, in the jail. <laughs> so it looks better like that. And it still remains very much uh, a, a jail. Put a table, put flowers, so forth. It's still a jail. And actually, one begins to realise the more one one uh, you know moves the stuff around, the more we distract ourselves from really finding the way out of that, the release from that. So a lot of the encouragement in handling experience is just to get to a level where it's it's kind of okay, it's within the bounds of what's moral and reasonable and okay and physically bearable and so forth. And then just begin to say, can I just change the way I handle this? Because too much fiddling around with it just gets, you know, the quality of handling starts to get fretful or fussy or irritable or picky, you know, obsessive. And it doesn't lead to clarity, it doesn't lead to calm. You get too involved with everything. So this is an element of renunciation that is uh, an important root, an important root condition of Dhamma practice of handling things, letting go, just being with hmm. one can manage. And it's interesting, you know, human beings one can get used to almost anything actually. You know, we don't want to, well our desires don't want to, but we can get used to a incredible range of of um, experiences. And Remember, like, you know, the early days of this monastery, for example, just thinking today how the first retreat we did wasn't really a retreat, we only had short retreats then, but it was all in the reception room. So it was all just bundled up in the reception room. The only heat was, that was the only place that had a heater in it, which was the fire. The fireplace was chestnut wood on the fire, which used to spit embers, which tend to keep people awake, and you get a kind of lump of burning chestnut lodging on your... <laughs> <laughs> your skin got <laughs> oops. <laughs> so the thing was popping and crackling. We were all bundled in there with our sweaters and hats on and stuff like that. And that, that was the retreat. You know. It wasn't where to go because it wasn't the shrine room. The shrine was, had a whopping great hole in the floor. It was mostly a hole. The shrine was mostly a pit, literally a pit. You could see into the basement. So then you get used to it. Well, here we are. Mm. And after a while, he didn't really. Didn't seem to be very much about it at all. Just, 
and yet think of it now it sounds if I said oh let's do that <laughs> you know let's forget this now. let's all go into reception room and switch the heating off we can practice in there can't we so that's really dreadful as an idea <laughs> but actually when you're in something you don't have much choice in it you kind of eventually it just starts to fade out you get used to it <laughs> I was I think as I had in the room three, which was admittedly a little bit bigger, the four, four, first four nuns lived in that room, four of them in the room, in room three. So <laughs> now, of course, you know, it's difficult. People don't, you want to, not only don't people want to share a room with anybody, people don't, don't even want to share a, a house with somebody. <laughs> you know, somebody in the same house is kind of psychologically challenging. <laughs> So you know you want to kind of ideally get off in the in the forest somewhere, <laughs> which I can I can relate to and understand. But it wasn't there, you know. You to practice with that. I mean, you do can get used to these things. Uh, it really encourage, you know, to to feel that sense that there is. What well, isn't that restricted? Really, not not to limit one's options through making too many things more favourable than others because it does end up you know, you do trap yourself in that so it's really in the way that we're experiencing we can become, first of all, the sense of letting go just be with this you know, a very useful thing to remember is being with the external, being with the internal conditions just learn to feel that sense of the doubt be with the doubt. What's that feel like? The movement of it, the bodily sense of that, the not wanting it, the trying to make something else happen, what it brings up, just breathing through it, breathing into it, just holding it gently, holding it gently, not needing to be somebody who doesn't have it, not needing to be somebody who does have it, just, just holding it as a phenomenon what does it need? What's the way of holding this skillfully? So, other skillful roots, and skillful dhamma roots is the um, um, non-aversion, metta, and non-cruelty or non-dismissiveness, uh, karuna. So these three. Uh, it's called the root, the three roots of skillful intent. There's uh, kindness or metta, compassion, and letting go. And whether we use those on a fairly obvious external level or on a subtler level depends really upon what conditions arise. We're just always bearing that in mind. This is what we touch, experience with. This is this is the this is the hand that handles. The, the hand of Dhamma that handles things is, is in this mode and it can be just on the sense of non-aversion to one's sense of of fear you know, you know to whatever it, is. We just, it enables us to get a non-reactive um, space going and that you know, the non-reactive space is, is really, that's the release bit, that's the enlightenment bit is in there so the intent, you know, loving kindness or kindness, compassion, letting go, that's not, that's not enlightenment itself, but, or awakening itself, but it's a vehicle to it. And it, but it's that sense of just having that little bit, that space, you know, which is the really interesting thing, because in that, that sense of release from that, that's where we can as you begin to sense that, the openness of that, the freedom of that, this becomes uh, something that is to be uh, fully entered into. You know, so that's within the context of experience, there is this element of release if experience is handled correctly, where the re- reaction doesn't occur. Mm. 
where to offer a way of of focusing on nature of experience to focus into the two aspects that of oneself the me sense which is if you like the receptor this is happening to me this is touching me this is poking me this is gladdening me you know a sense of being touched by contacted by thought feeling sensation of some kind or another that's quite a you know it could be very open it could be slightly vulnerable you know not too eager to be wary about being entered or touched by things so that receptive sense and there can be a certain guardedness about that with fear of being overwhelmed or whatever but as we enter into a supportive situation like this is that becomes more possible to do that the external support that's offered and has been established at this time over years uh, of effort and practice and so forth um, makes this possible and then just taking that oppor- opportunity who's this happening to not whether, you know which is perhaps a question we wouldn't normally ask. We normally think, what are we going to do about it? How can I have one of those? Why is this going on? And so forth. But who, who's it happening to? Not to answer it, but just to get the mind's attention to come back. Because oh. this is the crucial bit. Yeah. In terms of release, this is the crucial bit. It's in there. Because at the plate, at there, where the sense of I then arises from that, and I is more associated with the response to that. This happens to me, therefore I do this. This touches me, therefore I am this. Um, there's, there's something gets gets established the moment, if you like, after the experience has happened. It could be something I'm going to do, or it could be something I'm going to, I am. Hmm. So it's a kind of holding. You know, and it could be to, to propel it, push it out, or to think about it. You know, so well, there's a catching, catching of experience. Hmm. Now this is the air. All this me and I is the, is the area that we call chitta. And jitta is that which can be liberated. And jitta is that which is marked. It's an awareness that's marked with the sense of me who receives it and I who does something about it, thinks about it, regrets it, wants to make it otherwise, adds to it. It's that the response isn't necessarily doing something in an external sense, the response can be just pondering it, worrying about it, it's kind of like a mental response comes out of that. And it's exactly in this response reaction where the karma gets laid down based upon habits and assumptions. These aren't intellectual experiences, they're emotive senses, they're in almost seemingly involuntary reactive things and the more that we can just keep, okay that's fine you know that's fine you, you, we, I, f- I felt really quite upset by that Well, okay, now who, right now who's feeling the sense of upset or the sense of confusion or the sense of not this or that Where, where's that happening where's that happening it's coming into that so wherever we can do that, just coming out of the I am which is preparing and strategizing and formulating into just that kind of almost like the nakedness of just receiving that effect that's happening. So this is where we come to, if you like, a kind of me or a me sense before the I am. 
And the more the, the more we come towards that, the, the sense of me begins to disappear from it. It's not really. It's just like a, a place. It's not. It's not a person. It's a particular place or a particular quality of awareness, you know, like a receptive openness of awareness. And when experience touches that, it seems to vibrate, and then something gets formulated out of that. Thought happens, and somewhere in that process of the thought happening, then the sense of I am occurs and that looks back and says oh that happened to me and I should be and whatever yeah. and somewhere in that that process that looking back dredges up the ways that we've learnt to judge and behave upon past assumptions past activities so this is what the whole kind of rebirth um, experience is about we're literally reborn every minute, every second, through that something happens, which right now is actually unique, touches us, or touches awareness, touches citta, and as a response, the need to formulate it, something looks back and picks up uh, you know, perception. some strategy, some, you know, thing or the other. Good. Who experiences that? The sense of citta covers these three mental or immaterial aggregates, the aggregate of perception, aggregate of feeling, the aggregate of, of karma formations, sankhara. So sankharas are the active bits, the volition, the focusing, the sense of reaching out to touch something, you know. And so and this one is this sankhara thing is, is, is pretty much on the go all the time is often preparing us for something that hasn't happened yet you know so a lot of the time we are considerably motivated to prepare ourselves for something that's about to happen this is what so social life is about isn't it we're always planning ensuring for the future budgeting for the future you know and so on getting to something before it happens you know and get there quicker, otherwise you get sacked or something. Right, that goes on. So you're kind of leaning forward. And that sankara aggregate is, is is hyper. It's activated all the time. So then, you know, when we come to Dhamma practice, we're often leaning forward towards where's, you know, good bit going to be, the happy bit going to be, the peaceful bit. So we're still leaning forward. And this itself becomes stressful, you begin to sense that meditation becomes hard work because it is this, you know, pushing towards something. And it takes a lot to really say, well, you know, could one just start to come upright in alignment and to just into the body, into the present, you know, so that Sankara aggregate becomes something that's much more um, in true. The others are more what we seem to... Uh, so this is really where the sense of I is about in the Sankara thing, it's the active one. sense of me is more bound up with the perception, that's the, where, uh, what something means to me, what it reminds me of, what I take it to be, and feeling, pleasure, pain, and neutrality, these three. So everything, you know, so that's all going on. So, and, if, and so if you look at it very simply, there's a kind of pleasant feeling, well, what am I going to do about that? Well, you know, what do you, what do you think I'm going to do about it? <laughs> if it's pleasant, I'm going to have it. You know. Naturally, you know, you don't want to not have pleasant feeling. 
in different kinds of pleasant, subtle, refined, I'm going to have it. Unpleasant feeling, well, what are you going to do with that? Well, naturally, trying to find a way to block it, get out of it, bear with it, shut it down, get away from it. Mm. Neutral feeling, so there's these kind of activities going on, you know, and uh, this I amness is getting generated around feeling and similarly around perceptions because perceptions to cut a long story short tend to be things that either give us an agreeable feeling or a disagreeable feeling they give us a perception things like you know we get a perception that makes us feel loving that's agreeable perception that makes us feel rejected that's disagreeable perception that makes us feel useful that's agreeable perception that makes us feel useless that's disagreeable so you know, there's a huge amount of that, but basically you've got these, the feeling tones that come out are the things that we get that I am movement occurring around. And yet, can we actually just receive feeling as feel the feeling in the feeling? As the Buddha encourages us just to receive feeling. And of course, it's got to be moderated to the point where we can actually receive it. It's not so excruciating that we just the whole system goes into spasms so just even things like mental feeling in a sense of not doing very well you know I didn't really get very good meditation today that's a disagreeable feeling and then thinking well it's going to be cold tomorrow Boof. circumambulation around the stupor at midnight Boof. maybe that's a disagreeable feeling you think about that I'm going to plan for that <coughs> so on so, you know, that, that happens, doesn't it? And there's, of course, we can generate a huge amount of perceptions, past and future. Where are they? Who's it happening to? And you begin to open to reflect on this a lot. Because you see how you know, just know that thinking about something is not, it's a different sense base from actually tasting it or feeling it. You know, like you think about food, it's not the same as putting it in your mouth and chewing it, is it? And seeing it is not the same as tasting it. Now, I can think about these things that happened in the past, and, you know, think right now I can think about when I was in Goa, you know. Years, 30 years ago sunny, warm, beaches carefree not, nothing to do breeze around live on coconuts it's really easy it sounds absolutely wonderful absolutely wonderful I think about it but if I look at it why on earth did I leave it was so wonderful Right now, think about it. But actually, doing it wasn't wonderful. It's just something you got used to, like everything else. <laughs> As you get used to it, you think, well, what should I do? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about when I lived in the this little kuti where the Western Paradise was less paradisical. And uh, I had a gas stove there. One winter, it was so cold, the gas froze in the gas bowl. It was way below zero so it was so freezing cold he couldn't even get the gas heater to work it's gone so uh, ended up there wasn't much room in the house because not much of the house had floors in it even it wasn't there weren't rooms there were walls there wasn't a lot of floor mostly there were just joists with bits of board tacked down over them I spent the winter time sleeping on a heap of building materials in a, in a room with no door no heat no nothing just a kind of load of a few boards tacked down on the floor, a load of plasterboard. It just seemed normal. <laughs> but if you think about it, it sounds absolutely. How could you ever practice like that? You know. Uh, when I was in, think about Goa, why did you ever leave there? And it was just normal. <laughs> After a while, you think, and now what shall I do? You know. So you see how you know you're thinking about something. The perceptions are so so um, mirage-like, you know, how wonderful, how terrible, they really are, you know, dreams, 
You think about your favourite food and then you put it in your mouth. What is the actual sensation of chewing like? It's rather, you know, it's a bit of a drag actually, isn't it? (laughs) You know, chomping, masticating and swallowing, whoop, and all that. So, and that's what all it. That's what, all, that's what food does. So we tend to linger on just particular dreamlike images that we create a reality out of, mm. and all that volition gets generated around chasing these little vanishing dreams. Mm. See what happens around feeling, you know, pleasant feeling, the tightening around it. See what happens around unpleasant feeling, the tightening around it, you know. And that's something we can do something about. Once you begin to, you know, particularly get through the perceptual stuff, which is where all the convictions lie, how wonderful it would be, how dreadful it was, it was always just all normal. <laughs> it always will be. <laughs> yeah, one, at one level, your mind would just settle down and say, "Okay, yeah, here we are." You know. But the, the 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 feeling. So you just can contemplate the feeling without adding this belief to it. The, fe- the feeling is the real thing, the pleasurable. It's just contracting around it, tightening around it. Oh, more, that'd be nice. I want to make sure I keep with this. This is very not good. This is where I want to be. I'm a winner now. This is really nice. This is what I deserve. And right, you know, more of this. Don't nobody take this away from me. This is mine. I like this. I worked hard for this. I deserve it. Mine. Look what's around <laughs> Look what happens around unpleasant feeling, you know. I'll put up with this, you know, it shouldn't happen to me, you know. Get out of this. How can I change this? Tight. Interesting what happens around neutral feeling. Well, neutral feeling either because there's a tightening around that. So either gets neutralized gets indifferent so it tends to be either sense of uh, I'm stuck in this kind of getting boring the tightening I feel trapped in the neutrality it's boring couldn't something happen couldn't we have a change around here couldn't there be a little more life somebody play a sitar or something and get a little bit of what's wrong you know get it going you know so that's a bit of tightening around that or, oh, this is pleasant, this is calm, peaceful, don't, don't be bother me, don't bother me, tightening around that. Yeah. So you've got to be careful with these things, because of course, once one develops meditation, you get into these rather pleasant, kind of semi-neutral pleasant things, that you don't want to be disturbed. And then you get this kind of little tightening around that, and don't disturb me, and it's my right not to be disturbed, and how dare you, and I'm, you know, I worked for this, and this is, and then all the ill will starts coming up. <laughs> so the handling, you know, is the, is the important thing, because it's only in that, it's not in the feeling tone, however nice it is that really your liberation is going to come. It's, it's good to get it, you know, so it's manageable and pleasant and reasonable, but then Eventually, you've got to kind of let, not get too stuck in that feeling tone and look more at the handling of it, because this is where one is going to be able to come, you know, really get released, because feeling is changeable. It just changes. So hanging on to it, not going to do it. And in the in the handling, we just keep putting in that sense of the ability to be non-averse, to be non-dismissive, and to be 
lightening up, letting it go, letting it come and go. No letting go is not dismissal, but it's just letting it be the moment. Letting it be the moment. Letting the moment just be be there for a moment. Mm. The painful, the disagreeable, the pleasant. Can you be with that? Mm. Instead of that kind of tightening up around it. This really seems to me the most the edge of practice for my certainly for myself. Just sensing that, that that tightening into I am, and relaxing, relinquishing back to something, like more awareness, where even the the subtler names of me begin to melt. You know, my mind is not my mind. It's not my body. It's not person, it's not a place, it's not a feeling, it's not a sensation, it's not a knowledge, it's not an understanding, it's not a you know not a thought, not an impression, not an attainment, not really, you know, the, these kind of perceptual tints that start to develop around that receptivity. And you can see them all kind of tightening up, got it, got it, that's it. Yeah, no, yeah, more there established, right, good, yes, <laughs> you know, the more you begin to recognize tightening as, as, the, as the fundamental bhava-vibhava craving for existence, that is the, the only, uh, what we need, what we're looking for release from, what the Buddha's teaching is about release from, and can, can that be done? Well, you have to, you know, get to it, don't you? Through the, the, the kind of incredible array of perceptions and thoughts and activities. Just get to that edge, and then so the handling then that one may have cultivated and refined over time in one's practice becomes most important there. Mm. So instead of we're not really looking for anything, we're just just holding it, but not in a squeezing way. Just like like almost like resting awareness onto. You're not looking for anything. Just resting awareness on on the moment. And you're not being anything, but you're, at the same time you're being with it. It's not like trying to get away from it, just just being there with it. Mm. And sensing just which way is it pushing now. There's the tendency to pull away or to make something out of it, or just where's the energy shifting. And see if we can just keep that quality of relaxing around that. Resting. Because the practice is aimed at, at rest, at the subsiding, at the ceasing, at the resting from activities. Mm. That we can only do that when we begin to understand the nature of activities and what they're aimed at. They're arrows shooting at dreams. Mm. Really, the dream arrows as well. See, mm. <laughs> dream arrows shooting at dream bullseyes. Uh, but in that, this inc- uh, this mirage-like sense of me and I becomes so solid, and yet at the same time, exasperatingly difficult to to pin down. It's like a. Uh, ghost and yet something that haunts us all the time its demands and its certainties and its convictions and its ideas and its memories and its doubts and its will and won't so this you know really handling that is is work of great compassion and great kindness and a lot of relinquishment. Mm-hmm. 
relinquishment of the idea of what one is, the relinquishment of the, even the sense of distaste or regret one has at having these experiences, you know, the rage or the guilt or whatever it is. There's a lot there. But we also have to recollect that um, this wouldn't be possible. This wouldn't be the vaguest bit comprehensible if we didn't have the good karma that brings us here. This would not be even anywhere near something we would raise a flicker of interest in. So this good karma has arisen for us. You know, to have this situation, this time, this place, and the, and the hearts that are willing and eager and prepared to inquire into experience. And so just to always bear that in mind, you know, to, to, to really draw upon the goodness, don't doubt it, and just bring it into the way we han- handle the ongoing stuff of life.